Hey y'all, we're Kristen and Emily. Besties who love talking about female-driven cinema. Come along for the ride as we talk about landmark films with female writers, directors, actors, and producers. We aim to highlight women's stories and the characters they bring to life on the big screen. So buckle up and join us on this female-driven journey. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Emily. How are you today? Not too bad. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Unbeknownst to whoever's listening to this, well, shortly to be known amongst <laughs> those who are listening to this, this is round three of Portrait of a Lady on Fire because we attempted, well, we actually did record our pop culture segment last week, but then there was a snafu. Technical it, difficulties. And it was my fault. <laughs> it was not Kristen's fault. So we're, we're back here. We're figuring it out. We're back we here know. two weeks later recording the pop culture segment for this beloved film. Yes. Glad I, to be back talking about it. I can't complain, right? I could. Yeah. I, I think I could talk about this movie for a very long time. <laughs> it's so. such a wonderful film. It really merits mm-hmm. that kind of response. Yes, I feel... That it deserved the three hours we gave to it. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. That was a really fun discussion. And we just have a few more things to talk about. uh, Yes. This film's influence on pop culture. Because clearly you know how we feel about it. And so what's the response at large? Let's talk Mm -hmm. a little bit more about that. Yeah, the first thing I wanted to bring up is this film's... I would say it's already earned a cult status. Yeah. So, you know, when you hear the term cult film, you're probably thinking of more outsider art. You're thinking of, <laughs> like, John Waters or, you know, Rocky Horror or The Room, stuff like that. But I think more broadly, a cult film is any film that has a very dedicated, passionate fan base. So Indeed. by that definition, this is definitely a cult film at this point. Yes, and mm-hmm. it often en- endures the test of time. And this film mm-hmm. has only been out for a few years, but I think it's already made its mark on its fandom. It's indelible mark, quite literally, as there are fans who have portrait tattoos. So it's really made its mark. Yeah. Yeah. Tell our listeners Mm -hmm. some of the tattoos people have gotten. Yeah. So first of all, let me just give you some context. The fandom of this film is collectively referred to as Portrait Nation. I don't know who came up with it. I first learned about it on another podcast called podcast of a lady on fire which is now sapphic culture club i believe so shout out shout out to you over at sapphic culture club but yeah i first learned about the idea of portrait nation i think listening to that podcast so it's just you know the the fans of portrait of a lady on fire sometimes refer to themselves as a collective unit (laughs) as portrait nation and i am a proud denizen of portrait nation (laughs) and i hope and kiki are you as well at this point. You know what? I I would say that I am on the fringes of, of this society. Okay. I, I will forever sing its praises, but I would not get a quote tattooed on me. I mean, that's me, where I'm at. Me neither. If you need a tattoo to be a denizen of Portrait Nation, then I am not. <laughs> but if not, if you just have to love the film, I'm certainly... Yeah. Okay, it, then yes. I, I consider myself a member of Portrait Nation. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so it's on our passports now. It is stamped. Okay, good. (laughs) Yes, so. And the fans of this film, the citizens of Portrait Nation, are very passionate. 
And so, yes, there are fans who have gotten portrait tattoos. So there are some key moments in the film that have inspired people to get tattoos. So there's page 28, right? Page 28. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> overcome with emotion thinking about that scene. Yeah, what a, that's a great yeah. tattoo to get. Yeah. And I do remember Adele Anel. Uh, love of my life, Adele and Elle, going to do press for this film or going to some festival or something, and she had page 28 on her hand. <gasps> oh my gosh. I don't think she got it tattooed on her hand, but it was on it was on her hand, and that made lovers of this film lose their mind a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, I uh, other, th- other things, other lines people have tattooed would be the retourne toi and regardez-moi. That's right. Mm-hmm iconic line if if we may be so bold iconic yeah lines. i think that's fair for sure and they're simple like out of context mm-hmm. they don't mean a whole lot but portrait nation knows yes what they mean for sure it's like a secret language <laughs> that's right well, that's right it is so that's just a little bit about portrait nation and and i i love portrait nation i love this film so that i must <laughs> i would hope that members of Portrait Nation have found this podcast and are currently listening. Yeah, I think this is a great way to express admiration for the film is like by us doing a podcast mm-hmm. about it. But I think the tattoo is a great way to express admiration. There's a lot of ways to participate in the fandom around a pop cultural moment. Yeah. Instagram, um, Reddit, yeah, that's right. Twitter, also people write fan fiction. You know, there yeah, there's a dedicated fan base around this film and if you are a fan of this film and you are listening to this podcast odds are you didn't require the explanation that i just gave <laughs> true about portrait nation but you, you know what you know what all I, are I, welcome I, here <laughs> everyone's welcome so experienced fans newbies all are welcome. yeah so let's yeah. just you know trying to be trying to be inclusive that's right and and, provide, call, and provide some context so yes 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 okay Kristen has collected a, a couple of quotes that she stumbled upon while scrolling through the comment sections in, yeah. vi- in various YouTube videos that she That's would like right. to share. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I came across one comment from a male commenter, and he mentioned how some movies that depict eroticism, he uses the words that they empower the voyeuristic male gaze in him. Um, where he's just, like, aroused by what he's seeing. And he said in this movie, in Portrait, it was the opposite. It's like he really felt connected to the women. He said, I didn't desire them. I desired their desire for one another. I thought that was a really interesting perspective. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that comment was in the video I sent you where Celine Siama is talking about the female gaze. Is that correct? That's right. But this particular video was a really it was a gold mine. Yeah. It really gave me some insight into Celine's thought process. So she talks about the female gaze. What is it? What does it mean to her? So there is this idea of the male gaze, right? That right. many people are familiar with and as a listener may be familiar with it, but just to give you a very broad general idea of what the male gaze is, films, you know, for for many years and still the, the film industry is dominated by men, male writers, male directors, male producers. And, you know, if you look at a list of top 10 highest grossing films of 2021, odds are they're all going to be male-led, right? Right. So the film industry is, by 
almost any consideration male dominated. And when that happens, you get a style, a philosophy behind the filmmaking process, whether you know consciously or not, that favors the male perspective. So right. you'll have films that are directed in a way or frame female characters in a way that is intended to cater to the male audience, right? To give pleasure to the male viewer. And Celine Siama said that the female gaze isn't just a subversion of this. So it's not just about, okay, now we're just going to objectify men or now we're just going to not objectify women or or we're going to totally de-eroticize the film so that Mm -hmm. there's no element of sexuality in it. What she said was that for her, the female gaze is about making sure that the audience is seeing and experiencing the story through the female character's point of view. That they are, right. mm-hmm, that that they're feeling with her, seeing with her, thinking with her. And I think that's what this male commenter was experiencing. Right? He was feeling right. that he was feeling the desire that the women had for each other, and. I think that's an indication to me that Celine was successful. And... She knocked it out of the park, mm-hmm. yeah. This concept of the male gaze is a 1975 concept uh, designed by Laura Mulvey, and it's about how cinema relies on the complicity between the director and the, the viewer taking pleasure into objectifying a woman. Regardez. And it's about also not sharing the experience of the woman as a character. Si vous me regardez, qui je regarde moi? and her having a voice, a say, in something else than being an accessory or side character to male-driven tension. Female gaze isn't about how you shoot someone naked and she doesn't look objectified. It's not only about the visual. It's about do you share the experience of the woman you're looking at? And the fact that she's aroused by something, so you're sharing her arousal. So it's not about moral or ethics. It can be like super erotic. But are you with her or are you looking at her? So it's about your own gaze and you feeling authorized also to be here. Not feeling, I don't know, voyeuristic or guilty because sometimes you, you, you can't help it. You're put in that position. And I definitely embrace this moment and actually be happy to be contemporary of this moment because it's such a great opportunity for creation. And as women, mm-hmm. at least for me watching it, I could feel that as well. Mm-hmm. And it's such a safe space to breathe into mm-hmm. this seeing a, a women's story told from the female gaze. It's quite a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I really hope, in, at least in mainstream film, that that becomes uh, featured more and more. And we do see aspects of that. But this film was just like such a, a delight to indulge in. It was an place. oasis. It really, yeah. it was really it's beautiful. It's just a place mm-hmm. to just rest and enjoy, and right. a very sensual and erotic film. That's right. Like she's not saying like, okay, female gaze. That means there can be absolutely no eroticism or sexuality. Absolutely not. She loves eroticism, and you can see that come across in the film. And it's That's a cele- right. yeah. And it's a, it's a celebration of eroticism between women. So, yeah, because sometimes yeah. I feel like the female yeah. gaze can be reduced to almost to childlike states of innocence. And so I think you brought up a really important point that sexuality 
is an important factor mm-hmm. in stories told with the female gaze mm-hmm. that you don't have to uh, be ashamed of mm-hmm. female pleasure or uh, just and just the way we portray female pleasure could vary depending on whose perspective <laughs> or gaze it's told from. So mm-hmm. yeah, great exploration into into sexuality. Yes. So another thing I remember that we talked about, Kristen. Mm-hmm. If we're kind of making this a broader discussion about you know the culture and not just you know this film, but we did talk about desire, yeah. And I mentioned in in our recording that was you know a couple weeks ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still remembering it, but I did bring up how this film and and how it made me think about desire and how Celine talked about desire. She talked about it being about delay, right? We got into this. Dis- right. We got into this discussion about Esther Perel. Do you remember? Mm, yes. 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 The the Belgian psychologist and her work talking to couples. I think she she does talk to to many couples about desire and how to cultivate it. But she also talks about desire as this sort of life force. Right. Where. Yeah. Without it, if you have no desires, you're essentially dead. Yeah. <laughs> what drives human action but desire? Seriously. I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I just was really enjoying thinking about how her work and her what she had to say about the importance of desire, how much it informed my reading of, of the film. Oh. And do you remember, I did send you a clip of her, of Esther talking about yes. desire. Yeah. Yeah, I made sure to mention my notes. Mm -hmm. Um, She said, desire needs space. Desire is rooted in absence and longing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very abstract concept. So like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, she interviewed couples from all over the world to see Mm -hmm. how desire functioned in their relationships. And Esther discovered that Encouraging freedom in your partner's life is a huge part of desire, which feels like a paradox a little bit, right? But the more you encourage your partner to live out their dreams, to have their space to go do what they want, they come back refreshed, fulfilled, and purpose-driven. And And uh, wanting to come back to you. Yes. And appreciating you. Yeah. And so we see a lot of absence and longing in this film. So much. Yeah. Yeah. It's a film about longing. And just when you started talking about what are the components of desire? So space, freedom, distance, mystery, these, these things, these make longing possible. And it just made me think of one of my favorite quotes. And we are going to get to favorite quotes finally at, at the very end of this. But, you know, it's when Eloise comes back from mass and, she right. says to Marianne, J'ai senti dans la solitude la liberté dont vous parliez. Mais j'ai aussi senti que vous me manquiez. In solitude, I felt the liberty you spoke of, but I also felt your absence. Oh, <laughs> so powerful. <laughs> so we have, yeah, so we have liberty. She's experiencing freedom, but she is feeling Marianne's absence. So right. there's that dance there, right? Um, mm-hmm. And Very flirtatious. Ooh, I love it. Oh, it's more than flirtatious to me. To me, that is like soul shattering. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> to hear say, it like that. Yeah, just to hear someone say that they felt your absence. Like that, mm. you know, again, Eloise, not everything is fleeting. Some feelings are deep. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I think that means a lot for sure. 
And like, that line, that moment definitely reson- <gasps> resonated with many of our sapphic viewers. Yes. Uh, Was that, is that mm-hmm. your favorite line? It may be. Okay. I don't know is if I can, tender? I don't know if I can pick one. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. But <laughs> why don't we talk about some of the funnier things we've come across too? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> oh we... my gosh. Oh. We need to talk about this <laughs> SNL sketch you found. <laughs> It's so good, Emily. Yeah. So it's called lesbian period drama. <laughs> that, that really says it all. And I think I would bet that Kate McKinnon conceived of and wrote this sketch. Because, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's riffing on Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Ammonite, another movie that came out with Kate mm-hmm. Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. And a lot of people kind of compared to Portrait at the time because it's a lesbian love story that's set in the 19th century and takes place on the seaside. I mean, that's, I think ah. the similarities really end there. Right. <laughs> but yeah. for, you know, just for a wider audience, people are conflating the two and, you know, think it's funny that there's this basically new genre of lesbian period films. Right. So, yeah, and another one, let's see, what else has come out recently? Yeah, another one came out called, um, the world to come and that was a much oh. smaller film and that had that had vanessa kirby in it mm. i saw it i didn't really love it um gotcha uh, and then we've had like vita and virginia that came out within the last few years another period mm. film um summerland is another one and those both have Gemma arterton in them really <laughs> yeah both lesbian period films with Gemma arterton okay. and i think there have been others you know colette that wasn't exclusively about her relationships oh, with women but that yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was a part of it right was so, that Kira Knightley am I yes which is so funny to me that there's a movie about Colette starring Kira Knightley like why is that because this is a woman who's built her career on British period films this is like the most British actress that I can yeah. think of and she's in this movie about one of the most famous French people of all time. Oh, I'm like, can we just yeah. have a French film about Colette, please, <laughs> and just have Noemi play her? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, yeah. It's just so funny just to see this queen of the British period film just <laughs> has Colette, and they're all speaking English. <laughs> it's oh, just really... Man, it just bummer. <laughs> it takes me out of it for real, but, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so anyway, just... Commenting on the fact that there's kind of this genre or, or subgenre of period films that are about women in love with right. other women. And so I'm going to guess Kate McKinnon just <laughs> ran with that. And there's this very funny sketch that we'll, we'll play a part of it here. But, I mean, it's just... In a 19th century dark, cold seaside town comes the story of an unlikely connection. She's medically upset. What can we do, Doctor? She needs seagull sounds, grey air, and long, rocky walks. I'll see you in two months, here. You're leaving me? Yes, with her. I'm your female companion. From the makers of Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Ammonite comes a new award-winning film, Lesbian Period Drama. So good. <laughs> My favorite part is when... The two women are in that classic shot. You know, they're in bed together. Facing each other. Facing each other, you know, a candlelight in their night clothes. And they're like, one of them, Carrie Mulligan's character, is like, (laughs) my parents died before I was born. And And then Heidi Heidi is just like, (laughs) mine too. (laughs) Another film that isn't afraid to ask... Will these lesbians be lesbians together? Starring two straight actresses who dare not to wear makeup. 
12 lines of dialogue, two and a half hour runtime. Put the rocks in the basket. The gray ones are best. I'm scared of water. This is why I pick rocks alone. And then Kate McKinnon comes in as, I think they call her the Stone Cold X, and she's the oh, only yeah. actual lesbian on the set. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think was the case in Ammonite because Kate Winslet and Saoirse, as far as I know, are straight. You know, maybe they're Mm -hmm. whatever. Maybe they're fluid. But as far as we know, they are. But Fiona Shaw plays a character in that. And she's, um, from what we we can discern or infer, she's Kate Winslet's ex in that movie. And Fiona Shaw is a lesbian in real life. So I like that Kate McKinnon referenced that. And Kate McKinnon just being like, oh, she took you to pick rocks. Where do you think she learned that from? (laughs) We, she said something like, the sex is so bad we broke up, even though there isn't another lesbian for five oh, countries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're like, can I, or are they like, can I draw you? Yeah. <laughs> can I draw you? Can I draw you drawing her? <laughs> yeah. May I draw you? <laughs> and then they're like, they round all the faces. So it's like finger grazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chopping carrots. And then, <laughs> then they're like, a sex scene so graphic that... You'll realize that a man directed this movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah oh. thankfully that wasn't portrait. No, it was not but, portrait. Yeah. Oh, another one was like two and a half hour runtime, 12 lines of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and, 12 lines of dialogue. And best supporting actress, The Wind. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. <laughs> so please do yourself a favor. Look this sketch up. It's, it's a delight. Yeah. It'll make uh, you laugh. And, yeah. and I wonder if Spot Celine on. has seen this. Have... Has Celine seen this? Has Adele seen it? I really hope so. And I hope yeah. they were able to just laugh and enjoy it. <laughs> I hope so. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's funny. They even use the same font as Portrait. <laughs> they use the <gasps> same font. Right. You know, it's, and the music in the background is just <laughs> riffing on the music from Portrait. It's this weird acapella music. but Yes. Oh, goodness. Okay. And then another funny thing I wanted to bring up was, okay, so talking about Portrait Nation, the fandom they kind of latched on to some, some particular things that happen, you know, during the press tour of this film. So there was this great interview with Noemi and Adele together. <laughs> and there was a moment in this interview where the the interviewer asks Adele and Noemi, do you remember where you were when you first read the script and what were you feeling? And they're conducting this interview in English. Noemi and Adele are doing a great job. Adele is probably more fluent than Noemi because Noemi seemed to be, you know, struggling to understand what he was saying. Maybe more than Adele was, but she, Noemi was saying that she first read this script while she was in the bathtub, but she could not remember the word for bathtub. That's right. So there, she goes in, in aside to, to Adele, you know, well, how do you say this? You can tell she's saying, how do you say bathtub? Can you remember what you first thought when you, when you went through it? Bah, vas-y, Noemi. <laughs> I was, um, I remember where I was. I was in my, in my bathroom. In my bathroom, comment tu dis, ma baignoire? Ah, bath tube. Huh? Bath tube, like the bath tube where you lay. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. And Adele, just confident as ever, just says, oh, bath tube. And and so that became this... so cute. It it was memefied in the fandom of of Adele just saying bath tube. And then also adorable Noemi, who just seems like the sweetest gentlest kindest woman ever um 
And it's really funny to see the two of them together, just the contrast in the personality. Right, yeah. Because Adele is just on fire all the time. Yeah, she has this crackling energy. She really does, yeah. We've talked about how she just, like, fidgets all the time. She does. She's always on the move. Yeah. And and that was, oh, now that we're on the subject, that was one of, in reading about this, the filming of this movie, I think one of Adele's biggest challenges was staying still. (laughs) (laughs) And playing playing this aristocratic lady who was very very still right right and so you can tell that makes a lot of sense now that i've seen her in interviews she is definitely acting with her whole body in in Mm -hmm. portrait you can tell but she oh getting back to this interview noemi (laughs) she kept saying women's and men's (laughs) it was adorable oh my gosh it's so cute first it's a movie with almost only women's and it's unbelievable that we we a lot of people notice the fact that it's only with women because there is so many movies with only men and so it's kind of a new adventure that we propose and a new way of uh, telling uh, and inventing uh, love and, and, and erotism because this movie takes times and it's really about horizontal cases between mm-hmm. the women's She's so cute. Yeah, and then there's so know, endearing. Oh, I love her so much. And then the, the you know the fans just latched onto that and just loved it so much. And she she definitely Noemi became aware of of that. And she has you know she's spoken about it. <laughs> oh, has she? Oh. And there's even a moment of I don't know um, where they were, but there's a moment of Adele teasing her about it too. It was so cute. Oh. <laughs> she said, "Women's, <laughs> women's and men." So yes, I definitely wanted love to bring it. up Beth bath tube and woman's <laughs> we're going to talk about like sort of pop culture in the fandom absolutely <laughs> oh i love it okay do you think it's time for favorite scenes moments yes. lines let's do it kiki let's do it can you go first yes i'd love to i think probably my favorite line and sorry it's not an exact quote <laughs> but it made such an impression on me is when uh, eloise sees marianne's painting of her for the first time Mm-hmm. And Eloise is just like stone cold, not impressed, and she's like, "Is that me?" <laughs> C'est moi. C'est moi. C'est moi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, burn!" Oh. <laughs> C'est moi. Especially because my reaction to the portrait was like, "Oh, that's pretty darn good. I like it." <laughs> and she just rejected it immediately. <laughs> you also loved. The ghostly visions. Yes. Yeah. As far as scenes go, just mm-hmm. the gothic storytelling vibes of the ghostly visions that Marianne was having of Eloise. That I loved it. I that thought is, it was that dramatic, is... unexplained, kind of supernatural. Mysterious um, again. Mysterious. Cosmic. Yeah. It's Kristen's and it's Kristen shit. It's my jam. I love spooky stuff. I love the hell out of it. And so when a little bit of that got thrown in here, I was like, Oh, there's a little little bit of salt on the meal here. I so like if you that. Yeah, so if you combine, you know, the supernatural, the occult, and sapphic yearning Oh how can you my go gosh. wrong? Like <laughs> yeah. the people who watch that movie and want to see that movie are going to become obsessed with it because yes. the kind of person who is into sapphic yearning <laughs> and the occult is, I feel, the, the, the personality that will become obsessed with this. I, I absolutely agree. And, and oh, count just me as, a, as one of those. Yes. Just to throw in a sapphic book recommendation, if you like all of those vibes together, mm. 
It's a book called A Lesson in Vengeance. It's by Victoria Lee. And uh, yeah, if you like all of those vibes that Emily just talked about, I highly recommend it. It's um, a young adult fiction novel and it's got all the spooky sapphic vibes you could ever want. <laughs> oh, yes. And I would also like, I know I talked about it quite a bit in our last episode when we talked about Portrait. Please look at Celine's other films and especially Water Lilies. I think I can draw a lot of parallels between Water Lilies and Portrait. And it was also a film that Celine brought up in that video about the female gaze, remember, where she talked about that scene. So Mm -hmm. Water Lilies is a movie about, well, it's about this young woman, but this young woman, I think the character is Marie, falls in love with Adele's character. Who that's is... right, another Adele. Yes. Film. So Adele's character, who I think her name is Florian. <laughs> so again, it's very French, but Adele's character is a synchronized swimmer. So there's a scene in the locker room. So there's right. a scene, and Celine talked about how her approach was just to film that naturally. So you're seeing it again, you're seeing that scene from the perspective of one of these girls that is in the locker room. There's mm-hmm. nothing sexualized about it, there's no yes. attempt to make it titillating it just is and like how incredible is that yeah that's another safe space to safe mm-hmm. space to breathe into and it's through the female gaze like if and... you can if you contrast that how that was filmed and you compare that to the locker room scene in in carrie which i think is right at the beginning where oh, it's... i haven't seen carrie okay I... brian de palma's carrie which maybe we'll cover at some point maybe um but there is yeah. a there is a very long tracking shot of the women's locker room. And I think you can tell this is not so Celine like various Siyama. states of undress and like Oh, total nudity. Full, oh, okay. you know. And this was in yeah. the seventies. I was I was like, wow, I guess they I guess you could do this then. But yeah, so it's mm. you know, total nudity and I think there's like girls slapping each other with towels. So it feels like it's kind of like girls gone wild a little, a little bit. And right. so if you contrast how that was filmed like and you the compare male fantasy. It, you could yeah. And you compare it with this scene in Water Lilies, I think mm. you'll really see a difference for sure. That's so cool. Brought that up. Yeah. So favorite scenes. Back. We got sidetracked again. Fire, That's favorite, right. Sorry. Favorite scenes, favorite <laughs> moments, favorite lines. Yes. So those were Kiki's. Yeah. Yep. And so I think I have a hard time really picking one. Um. <laughs> so I think I'll, okay, fine. Right now, I'll, just say, <laughs> I'll say right now in this space I am in right now mentally, Favorite scene would be where they're together in Marianne's room and Noemi's character and Marianne says, you dreamt of me. And then Adele says, no, I thought of you. I want to die. (laughs) (laughs) It's so beautiful. My God. Oh. I mean, what doesn't, you that, choose that? doesn't that just make you swoon? Doesn't mm. it? Um, maybe because I want Adele and Elle to say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why. That is um, fair. And I love it's, that. it's so beautiful. I mean, how much power can you just pack into one line? Mm. Like, yeah, Celine managed to do so much with so little and say so much with so little. And the right. way it's shot, it's just, it's so beautiful. So that's... Yes, I have many favorite moments, and we we talked about it in the last in our portrait episode, and, and and I think you'll probably get get a sense of you know which which scenes were we vibing with the most. But right now in this moment, and then of course I cannot neglect to bring up Adele's acting in that last shot of the film. <gasps> yes, 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. So do you think it's like what, like a minute and a half? It's something like that. Or just this yeah, we like slow pan. Slow yeah. zooming in mm-hmm. to Adele's face as she is acting her heart out and it doesn't feel like acting. That's what I was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's just this complete total package of a performance. And she's her character is so overcome with emotion, with yeah. memory, with feeling, mm-hmm. and you can read it all on her face and her her, her body, her whole body. Yeah. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, and it's it really is a tour de force. Like mm-hmm. I think, how many movies have I seen at this point? Many, many films, and that is some of the best acting I've ever seen. Incredible. It really, it's it's miraculous when you see it, and it really, like Kristen said, you can see what she's thinking. You can see what she's feeling. And I just want to know, like, what was Adele thinking about, though? Like, when I say you can see what she's thinking, you can see what you can see what Eloise is thinking yes. and feeling, right? I want to know, I'm like, what is Adele's process? What was she right. thinking about? What was it? Yeah, like, was it a method-based? Yeah. How much, like how much of herself does she bring to it? Like, how much does she draw from personal experience? Yeah. How does she get into that headspace? I just, yeah, I'm really curious if, like, how personal is it for her, right? Right. And I don't know if she's ever really talked about her process before, but yeah, that's just makes when I watch that scene, I just want to know what is she thinking about, what is she feeling, right? Like is she, she's thinking about what she needs to pick up from the store later, <laughs> <laughs> or or is she reliving some moments of her own life, or is she really, oh. or is she really just putting herself in the character's headspace and and mm-hmm. trying to think what what would Eloise be thinking about what she's feeling? So I know, great, please, what a great question to ponder on. I would love that's to great. hear others' thoughts, so listeners. All two of you, <laughs> um, please, please share your. Please Let share us your know. Thoughts. I will Let happily. I will happily discuss portrait with anyone who wants to talk about yes. it at length. Thank okay. you all for. Thank for you so much, everyone. Jumping on this portrait bandwagon with us, we yeah. are always happy to hear from you. Kristen will share the details on our Instagram and our email right now. Yeah, yeah. You can find us on female driven podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Or our handle on Instagram is Female Driven Podcast. Yes. And please leave us a review. Subscribe. Yeah. Give us a like, a comment. We'd love to have you around. And we're just couldn't be more grateful that you listened. So thanks. And we can't wait to talk to you more in the next episode. Can't wait. We'll, we'll see you then. Bye bye. <laughs>